The few, the proud. <laughs> Semper Fi. Uh, yeah. They must have fallen out when my when my son pushed me out of the car. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you today about a Jewish holiday that's going to be coming up later this week. It's called Purim, which is the Hebrew word for lots, like dice. Okay? And uh, what I want to leave you with is the understanding that one of the main themes in the book of Esther, is she was appointed by God his time to save her people. Well, we also are appointed for this time. This is our time. This is the time that God wants us, that the Lord wants us to do something for him. And, and as long as we're here, and I hope I have a few more years, we're going to do whatever we can because this is our time. And just as Esther was chosen out of many, many others, we may not be many, but we have a mission. So anyway, I want to start with a little word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. This is your word. And we thank you, Lord, that we can share it and we can be blessed by it in Jesus' name. Well, there, there aren't too many books in the Bible that have all the ingredients of a great story. A great movie. There's drama, assassination plots, the choosing of a new king queen, the hatred of Haman toward Jews. There's power. So first of all, there's drama, then there's power. A king whose decrees can't be changed. A prime minister who is arrogant, insecure, and has the king's ear. And a king who rules over 100 provinces. That's what Persia was back then. He had, they had provinces all the way from northern Africa into India. So it was the world's greatest kingdom at that time. And then there's romance. Oh, I like that part. There's a, a king's love for his new queen, which we'll find out who that is. And it's a queen's love for her people. And then finally, we have intrigue. This book gives us intrigue. Who will be the new queen? Can the queen save her people? And can the Jews defend themselves on the verge of annihilation? So all of that is in this book. You've got to read it. You've got to read it because I tell you, it's, and it must be a pretty good story because they made a half a dozen movies out of it. And uh, so anyway, it takes place in Persia, which is now Iran, around 483 B.C., and it demonstrates God's sovereignty and his loving care for his people. Just because the word God doesn't necessarily appear in a book doesn't mean that he's not there. He's there whether we read it, when we see it or not, because he's, he's just there. He's God. Okay? Well, it demonstrates God's sovereignty and his love and care for his people. Now, what happened is, a decree is sent out by the king, King Hazarus, or Xerxes, uh, to search for a new queen. He wants to bring them in from each of the provinces. And can you imagine that? There's no railway. There's no airports. They're coming in from as far as 
1,500, 2,000 miles away. But they're coming because he has decreed it. Okay? So there's going to be about 200 beautiful women <coughs> from the various provinces, and they're brought to the royal harem. Now, Mordecai, who is Esther's older cousin, he's the other big player here, despite uh, he has her chosen, he kind of pushes her forth to be a part of it. Now, some of us might think to ourselves, well, geez, Mordecai doing anybody any favors? Remember now, this is a contest. A contest for the most beautiful young lady in the realm. And what do you think happens to all the losers? They go into the harem. They become concubines. So Mordecai must have had a tremendous amount of faith to, to put his cousin forward. And she must have had a great deal of faith. Although, you know, you didn't argue with your elders back then. But she must have had a great deal of faith to do what needed to be done. Well, so he has her chosen among the 200 uh, to be a part of that. They're all, they're all sequestered in a harem for six months or longer. Okay? Now, she is made queen. The king falls in love with her. And it's really interesting because she is unwilling to put makeup on and she will not eat the king's selected uh, unkosher meal, whatever you want to call it. So you know God's hand is in this. And in fact, even the satrap, the guy who's in, responsible for bringing the meals to them, even he is he's scared at first. <coughs> he says, if you don't look your best, or if you don't eat your food, I'm going to get the axe. And but he eventually accedes to her, her, her willingness. So, out of all these, each one of them, one by one, are paraded before the king. Two hundred of them. I mean, how many can you do in a day? I mean, no idea. Thank you. I mean, how many can we do in a day? So, she will not wear makeup. She won't gussy herself up. She will not eat these foods. She asks for a special diet. So that, you know, kind of things that she's used to eating. Well, her natural beauty has won the king over. And interestingly enough, he truly loves her. But he doesn't know she's Jewish. Not yet, anyway. Now, the former queen was named Vashti. She refused to entertain uh, uh, at a banquet. And so she was banished. But she didn't die. She became the queen mother. So anyway, now we have beautiful young uh, Esther in, in the court. Now, her Hebrew name is Hadassah, which means myrtle. And myrtle is one of the hardier plants all year round in that part of the world. So the king does love her. Now, meanwhile, Mordecai becomes, her cousin becomes a government official. And during his tenure, he foils a plot to assassinate the king. He overhears two guys, 
who are planning to do in the king. And so he tells the king about it. And so the king deals with it. But he sort of has kind of forgotten about it for a while. Well, Haman is the prime minister. Now, you have to understand, Haman is not a, a Johnny-come-lately. He's an Amalekite. He's not supposed to be around because all the Amalekites were supposed to be killed in the wilderness. But somehow, a few got through. And so, at least five centuries later, there's still this hatred for the Jewish people because of what they did with his people. So, Mordecai is a prime minister, so he's about third in charge, uh, and Haman is the second. And Haman is very puffed up, very arrogant, very, you know, look at me. I, wa I want to have a, a, a medal for humility, but I won't wear it. So, am I that bad? Am I running? I'm a mess. Well, anyway, Haman likes to parade on a horse through the town, through, through, through the city of Susa. That's the capital, one of the capitals of Persia. There's two capitals, a summer and a winter capital. And so everybody has to bow down to Haman as if he's a god. Well, guess who doesn't bow down? Mordecai. He will not bow down because he will only bow down to the Lord God. Nobody else. Well, that doesn't exactly put him in favor anyway with Haman, who didn't like him to begin with, who felt that, uh, you know, Haman is insecure, he's jealous. Uh, so he goes to the king and he says, you know, you've got a people that rebel against you, that rebel against, you know, we Persians. And the king says, well, what should we do? And, you know, so like Haman has the king's ear. He says, well, I think that we should get rid of them all. I think that we should just deal with them all. Because really, they're not us. Now, again, this was tremendous jealousy because the Hebrews that were living in Persia were educated. You know, they followed their, their beliefs. Uh, women knew how to write. You know, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a good thing for them. And that was part of the reason why Haman was so jealous. And so the king, who's kind of wishy-washy for a while, says, okay, I'm going to make a decree. On such and such a day, all the Jewish people will be attacked and killed. And so they choose, they, they, so they opt for the date by throwing lots. That's the pouring. And you know, it's in God's providence that it was a whole year. It was a whole year before they were allowed to go and attack the people. So anyway, Esther, Mordecai comes to Esther because he's found out about this. You know, I mean, the queen doesn't get all the details, you know, usually. And in fact, with this particular king, 
you cannot enter until he's called you. You just can't go walking in, you know. So Mordecai comes to Esther and urges her to speak up for her people after he's found out about this decree. Now, interesting thing about Middle Eastern decrees, they cannot be canceled. They can't be changed. And the king says, well, what do we do? I, uh, you know, because... Uh, So she devises a plan to share the information about this this happening and about the fact that she's Jewish. And this is where that great scripture comes in, when Mordecai comes to see her. And he says, you know, you were appointed for this time. But if it's not going to be you, there will be someone else. There's always someone else who's going to protect us, who's going to bless us. And so whether, you know, so anyway, she, she tells her people to pray and fast. It doesn't actually say prayer. It doesn't mention prayer in the book, but we know that happens. So they fasted. That's why we call this the fast of Esther, among other things. And so she finally gets the curse. She gets it all dressed up real pretty like, puts on her, the makeup, you know, and, uh, you know, and so she's kind of hovering near the curtain, you know, to the, to the throne there, and, you know, kind of peeking in, you know, and uh, the king who loves her, he says, Esther, what are you doing here? Come on in. So she says, King, I have a request to make. I would like to hold a banquet for you and Haman. <coughs> he says, Great, that's wonderful. So she arranges everything, and on that first evening, they have a wonderful, sumptuous banquet. And the king is so absolutely pleased that he, he's a rash king, that he makes, he, he, he says to her, oh, this is great. I'll give you anything you want up to half of my kingdom. Oh, I don't know if he put it in writing, but that's what he said. So one more night, a second night, and, she, and he said, what is it you want from me, he says to her. She said, I will tell you tomorrow night. And so the second night they have a banquet again. And they just uh, have a great time. Just, you know, you, can you see Haman, how puffed up he is? It's just him, the king, and the queen. There's nobody else. And so he's thinking, oh my, am I a, really a very special person? Well, finally on the second evening... She divulges the fact that she's Jewish and that if her people are destroyed on that date, then she too would have to be destroyed. Now the king loves her so much and he says, well, gosh. He says to Mordecai, what can I do? My decree cannot be canceled. My, my, I'm a god. What I say has to be no matter what. Well, Mordecai says, well, why don't you write a different decree and make that decree allowing the Jewish people to defend themselves on the day that they're attacked so that, you know, so that they can have a, a chance to survive. And so the king rewrites the, the uh, decree. And a year later, it's, it's go it begins, it happens. Well, you know, Oftentimes we don't think of 
Judaism or Jewish people being evangelists. But we have many, we have many times in the, in, during, in, in the Bible where we see how Jewish people really are evangelists. You know, whether they know it or not. Egypt, over 1,500, I think, I think that's the number, 1,500 Egyptians went with them across the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds into Canaan. Well, on this day, and the Bible tells us this, the people, the other people, the Persians, rose up to help the Jewish people and help them defend against those who would attack. And so it was a great day. This would have been the first Holocaust, the first genocide, where an entire people would be wiped out. Oh, there were some in the outposts too, but you can bet those outposts were, were Persian also, and eventually they would have got to Jerusalem and all the other places where the Jewish people were living. And so it was such a tremendous, wonderful victory with God in control and his providence so so obvious that Mordecai declared that that day for all and it says for all forever will be the holiday of Purim. So briefly, please read that book. It's a fantastic book. Pardon? Oh, well, I didn't want to get too nasty. Well, when the king found out that Haman's plan was to get rid of all the Jews, including his queen, he hung them. He hung them from the very gallows that Haman built for Mordecai. And those gallows were the tallest thing in the, in the city of Susa. It was, uh, I forget how many, probably about uh, 80, 60 or 80 feet high. He hung Haman and, and the family. Haman had ten, ten offspring and his wife, and he, he killed the entire group. So no more, as far as we know, no more Amalekites, because it's been wiped out. Well, I want to leave you again. This book clearly shows God's sovereignty in every single activity. Everything that happens, he's behind you know, and that, so, you know, sometimes we don't get a revelation with God when we need to know something or do something, but know that he's there. He's working. Sometimes he works alongside of us. Sometimes he works behind the scenes, but he always works. And I want to leave you again. We're at the time he wants us to be. These may be the last days, but they're not our last days. We have too much to do for the kingdom. And I know that they've been talking about that. We need to be doing our part, whatever that is, because we have work to do. And so this book, oh, man, I love this book. And, of course, Purim is a very joyful holiday now. The kids get little, little uh, noisemakers and things. And, when, and, when, and we read the book of Esther on Purim. And every time we, came, we get to uh, Esther, we say, ah, the whole crowd goes, ah. And when we get to Mordecai, we say, yay. And when we get to Haman, we boo. Boo. So anyway, thank you. It's a great holiday. 
And it's very, very important to us as Christians also. Because what happens to Jewish people doesn't end there. It affects everybody. And so please remember that. Pray for Israel. Pray for our people. And pray that God will give us the boldness to move forward and do what we know he wants us to do. Thank you.